When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another boring summer at the beach. Not this week on the podcast. William Slater's Interstellar Pig. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And as said, we are covering Interstellar Pig this week, and we have a guest, Einar Baldwin. He's an animator and writer and has a book coming out with Starburns Press, uh, which is the, uh, what, friend company, parent company, uh, yeah, family, subsidiary. Someone that would show up at a family reunion. <laughs> of uh, Feral Audio. Yeah, our first uh, book writer we've had on the show to talk books. Yeah, thank you, thank actual, you for coming on the show. Actual, thank you for having me. Like book author. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but do you have a history with YA pulp fiction of like the R.L. Stein, Christopher Pike variety? Uh, only uh not so much. Only only maybe reading young fiction, but not too too much of it. The thing I remember reading the most was uh at my father's my father runs a research station in the northern part of Iceland. And there were a lot of Alistair McLean novels there. Ooh, what is that? Yeah, not familiar. Uh, no, wait. That sounds like no, it would be magic. That, maybe I'm getting the name wrong. It's this uh, American pulp author who writes a lot of kind of Air Force One type of stories. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's like a, there's, a, there's a man who's in prison. He's his mastermind and he never uses a clock. He just counts the seconds and he has his face changed <laughs> to uh, kidnap the president. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. So this, I'm looking that at sounds a, fun. Alistair Stewart McLean is a Scottish novelist who wrote popular thrillers and adventure stories. Ooh, did you read The Guns of Navarone? Uh, Ice yes. Station Zebra. And oh, where, I like that. Where Eagles Dare. <laughs> yeah, All I of think, those I are good. I think I read two books about Air Force One <laughs> that he wrote. And then The Guns of Navarone is, is also, I read that, and that's the movie with, I think, Gregory Peck. Mm. Oh. Also, so that's that's probably the most famous one. But I heard he hated writing pulp, but he was just it was just too popular, so he just had to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that probably is common with at least seventy percent of our yeah. authors. <laughs> I uh, imagine that uh, for a lot of them, they wanted to get into like adult mainstream. Yeah, fiction. and their editors and publishers were like, "Know your strength." <laughs> it's it's YA pulp. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, so you had, I'm going to assume you had never read William Slater before. No, no, never. I had neither. This was, this was new to me as well. So I'm, I didn't know if I had read this book. Reading this book, I realized I had read this book. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it would clear up in the reading of the book. Yes, all the the fog of confusion lifted, and I was like, I, I did read this book. I like, at the end of it, you're like... And I still don't know, but none of it sounded familiar at all. But who knows? Maybe I had. <laughs> Maybe. In the, in the dark recesses of my mind. Um, overall, what did you guys think of this book? I liked it. It was a pleasant little jaunt. It's a romp. 
was a romp. What did you think? St- I, I thought I thought it started very nice. It starts a little <laughs> bit like some some erotic French movie. It, didn't it totally <laughs> have yeah, that like they vibe? Were all gonna have an affair? Oh. Yeah, with, with a lot of like physical descriptions. Yes, of, of these like attractive strange foreigners uh-huh. next door, and then then it goes. You know, when she like she gets him to play the game and she like puts in her bikini and she like throws back her head and he like he describes her stomach muscles uh-huh, yeah, the as he's sitting down. <laughs> and then it goes into the game, which is this hyper specific long thing. And I was actually trying to read it out loud and I couldn't because it's so it's the a, game itself becomes yeah. so clunky and, and hard to keep keep track of, at least for me. I was it was one of those things where like I tried to think about like, okay, could this be an act? Like, would I understand this game if someone presented it as like a board game to me? And I feel like kind of, but I feel like it's one of those games that I could never be GM for uh, or DM, depending. Um, I could never like run the game because it kind of seems like an RPG type feel to it. Yeah. And he says, I don't know if you had this at the back of your book, but there's a whole explanation from him. On the oh yeah, I read that. what the what the ah. books uh, like uh, process and uh, what's the word I'm thinking of evolution was. Yeah, he said there was no game initially in the first versions, which is I think the version I would have liked to read. And I've played a lot of these games. Like, yeah, I've played like yeah. RPG games and board games, but I just couldn't. Well, it, it was seemed... just mismatched with the yeah. with the rest. Yeah, the envelopes thing is like really kind wedged of... in. Yeah. And it seemed like maybe he knew he had like a very superficial knowledge of what like a Dungeons and Dragons game was. And then he kind of just tried to write that. It did not feel like he had extensive experience with it. No, it didn't seem like it. And it also like, and that's the thing too, right? Like I feel like they could have been playing like a Hunger Games style game and I still would have been fine with it. I didn't need the analog version like i didn't need like the the plastic piece that was like in front of yeah. them in the board because then i was just like wait is it like like so okay they've got these envelopes really and i started confusing. obsessing over these envelopes and like the build like the build of the board i was like okay and then when mm-hmm. they said they moved the spaces pier? i was like what are the spaces is it tiles is it like spots like what are is they it? rolling die like what is happening and that's right because they keep saying like she rolled a like a six or whatever but then sometimes she rolled a nine so i was like is this a d20 like are what there <laughs> squares yeah well, like yeah. what's what it's the seemed, deal i was i always thought it was going to be a setup where those people were going to take him on some sort of an adventure. Yeah. But then they play the game, and then it turns out there's another game that's the real game that's mm-hmm. connected to, mm-hmm. this, to this captain. And I actually think his stuff, his the writing of the captain is quite funny. It's a very funny spoof of, of kind of like 1920s writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but then he goes to the, he finds like the real pig, and then it's, it's, it's still a game, but it's not, it's like with real stakes. But it, it, the, yeah. the shift to I wanted it, more of that. Yeah. The, the shift to it was just, was strange to me. It didn't yeah. quite bring me to it. Uh, Kelly, do you want to read the back of the book before we confuse listeners as much as this game confused us? <laughs> Let's uh, give you guys the smallest bit of framework. Sun-hating Barney is all set to spend a lame two <laughs> weeks sitting in the shade doing nothing at his parents' summer rental. But then the neighbors move in and things start to get interesting. Zena, Manny, and Joe are not your average New Englanders on vacation. In fact, Barney suspects they're not from anywhere around there at all. It soon becomes obvious that he is right. Not only are they physically perfect in every way, 
but they don't seem to have jobs or permanent addresses, and they are addicted to a strange role-playing game called Interstellar Pig. As Barney finds himself sucked into their bizarre obsession, he begins to wonder if Interstellar Pig is really just a game. Kind of a lie, kind of true. Yeah. Um, so the slightly longer, more straightforward plot is that this kid at a summer home, it's being explained to him that there was some sort of weirdness in his bedroom in particular that like a captain's little brother was locked up there because of an incident where he strangled a man on a ship. And then they, what was it, keel? Oh, keel haul him. Keel hauled him. Which, how did he not die? I don't understand. It makes no sense. So they like, keel hauling is when you tie a man to the ship, push him overboard, and then just drag him all the way back. There's no... I don't and, get- and the captain is all right. So I'm getting too into it. So basically, they keel haul him. They get him home. He's insane now from the lack of oxygen, obviously. Yeah. And he he's made all these notches around the window in his bedroom. So they're given a very brief description of this, and then they're told there are these three people who have rented the cabin or like little hut that they've built. It's like a cottage, behind, like next to the house. But they really wanted the house that Barney and his family mm-hmm. are staying in. They were very upset that they couldn't get it. They arrive. Everybody's charmed by them. And they keep trying to find ways to get into the house to see it. When they do finally get in, they inspect everything. They don't find what they're looking for. Barney kind of figures it out because he sneaks into their house when they're gone, finds a document of, like, these journals that the captain had. He... um follows them to an island, gets the thing that they were looking for, comes back, they rope him into this game to try to get it from him, and they have to battle it out at the end when the game becomes real. Ostensibly, if you have... So basically, they're they're saying, like, if you have the pig when the game is the over... Piggy. The piggy. If you have the piggy when the game is over, your, your planet, planet survives. And everybody else, else dies. Dies. Or is like obl- not the people or not the creatures. Their planets. Their planets are obliterated. So that's the game and why they're trying to get the piggy. So since we started to go off on the captain and the keel hauling yeah, situation, let's, let's go it. ahead and return to that. What? Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> how is this like? So the captain is like, well. I don't want to kill my brother, so I'll give him a, a, a fighting I'll, chance by tying him up to the boat and dragging him all the way home. So he's like being scratched up by barnacles. He can't breathe. In what universe could he possibly survive this keel hauling when yeah, he man. cannot breathe and he's being dragged? It gives him, it gives him brain damage, too. He like turns him yeah. into a madman. Yeah. Really, yeah. it's a miracle that he got away with brain damage. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Lucky. See, he's like, oh God. I so I Googled, can you survive keel hauling? <laughs> um, and I think I gave my phone a virus. <laughs> um, You're keel hauling your phone. Well, so I guess you some people did survive and they get a I physical trauma it. likely to permanently maim. I see. How long do you do it? Yeah. Okay. That's so the... you can do it. For as long as you want. Seems pretty customizable. (laughs) You can, uh, yeah, tailor it to fit your own needs. So, okay, I I did read something just now that may have cleared up how he could have survived. 
So he is not necessarily always under the boat, which was my thought that he's constantly he under the boat. I thought he was like, on the ground, like, like the dragging at the, yeah. at the front of the ship, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but under. So basically, he's like the he might start out under the boat, but the barnacles that he's scraping are like from the side of the boat. So okay. he's like maybe just like bonking against the side, and he might keep coming up might be to coming the surface. Up. So s- most of the time, they're either decapitated <laughs> or they're an- like like their limbs are like ripped off or they drown. But some of them, I guess, just are completely scraped up it by may- the barnacles. Like, here's a thought: just keep him in the brig on the ship, or throw then, him over, and then and then lock him up when you get home. Why did you have to keel haul? I think. Uh, the law of the sea is a very important mm, the law of the thing. Sea. So I think he he's the captain, right? He needs to show his crew that he still has control. So he is going to say, you know what? I'm a fair captain. I will meet out uh, justice upon my brother by keel hauling, which is the law of the sea. Yeah, you still had a choice. Like, you had yeah. a choice between that or just or making him walk the plank or something like that. Yeah. He picked the one that would not kill him. Yeah. Or, like, think, maybe I not kill him. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe. <laughs> well, maybe he, like, okay, you know what he so did? Stupid. He, like, rigged it a little. He, like, made sure to drive, like, or drive. Captain? The boat? Like, really calmly, like, was, like, trying to stay away from, steer. like, rough waters. I like, guess. was like, steer. oh, I'm going to make sure. Steer. I think steer. Steer. Yeah, he's a nice, drive. Guy. He's a nice yeah. guy, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's the a hero guy. guy. We, we should have spent a a more time brother. with him. He's a really yeah. good brother. And all those years he took care of his brother locked up in that room. Mm-hmm. Holding on to the piggy. Just clasping that piggy. Clasping that little piggy. So the, the reason that he has to be punished is because one of the aliens, so Xena, Manny, and Joe are actually aliens. Mm-hmm. Named Z- Zuluma? Zuma? I guess I should have written this down. Sometimes I am better at Okay, so Manny this is Moina. Than others. So Manny is Moina. A a female alien. Yeah. A like girls. Zolma is Xena. Zolma is Xena, who's like a giant spider alien. Jerlb. Jerlb. Jerlb is, is Joe. Joe. Who is a amphibious demon. Okay. Reptilian amphibious. Right. I mean, I guess he's amphibious because or no, he can only breathe water. So he's a fish man. Yeah. And the alien that they were playing with, Larb, Larb, do you remember? <laughs> no, I just remember the lichen. Oh, yeah, the lichen. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I liked the lichen. Well, they, uh, yeah, they take over. Yeah. Um, take over. I liked Sorry, that they yeah. had the piggy. Yeah. I like, and spoiler yeah. alert, they, they get, get the, piggy the piggy at the end. And it's, yeah. I love how frustrating it is to like these the like, smarter aliens that this just like, this like dumpy alien has. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. Um, so the alien they were playing with, who whose name we're looking for, um, he had the piggy, crashed on Earth to keep the piggy and try to get away from everybody. And he had the card that let him travel through time. So he went into yeah. the past, which so I thought that was a cool past, touch. And that's, so they the ship that the captain and his brother Ethan are on, they find him, he like changes so that he looks humanoid. But during the night when Ethan is rooming with him, boarding with him, he kind of sees his true form. It's sort of implied that he can see it because he's not as intelligent. Did you guys get that sense? Um, 
Or now like, that you say that, I thought? understand. I think it, he slipped. He was dying. He was like maybe because you know maybe how, it's as simple as that. Because you know but how then, for a second, like sometimes they'll see things. Like, right, you can see because th- the captain but, saw through it but too. When, but when the alien is a corpse, he still sees him as humanoid. Hmm. Well, yeah, but he saw so, sees him for a second. Right, as but I'm saying so. Then yeah. how does? So I guess Ethan is like, oh, I saw it for a second and I trust that first vision. Oh, yeah. Well, and then maybe that's where the simplicity <laughs> comes in, where he's yeah, just like, just first like, thoughts. <laughs> and so he strangles him, takes the piggy, and then because the piggy can kind of communicate, the piggy is just like a little pig-looking It's just ball. like a pink It's ball. like as if you found a little figurine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the piggy can communicate with you sort of once you have found it. Yeah, you so, keep saying all these all these bizarre things. Like, doesn't it keep saying like I'm the devil? Oh or yeah, because like it says or so. Ethan it's, thinks it's yeah. the devil, so he keeps repeating that, and the piggy records that, and yeah. he'll just repeat oh, it back yeah, to people. I kept looking at the the picture and the on the front of the book. Me too, to see what this, the piggy looks like. But it's because it's, it's describing the piggy, but the pig. You know, like oh, most yeah, covers of books, it, it's not <laughs> it's not quite doing what the description is. No, but I. I I think I was spending most of my time. Whenever it was mentioned, I kept going to the cover. Me too. Just to, it's not just to stare at it. it. Cause it, he's like, it's menacing gaze, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like yeah. it kind of just looks like that's like yeah. the expression on its but face. I wonder what compelled him to put the picky in the book. It's that's a it's that's a funny <laughs> choice for, for for a name and, and for for the word of for the name of something you have to mention. And I, I get that it's, yeah. it's it's funny, like it's, but it's like and it, just with the tone of the book, it's so it goes from like it's like sexy, it's horror, yeah, it's this, this, <laughs> the piggy and the lichen, and, and yeah, this, this this humor. It and, like, and I would like it explained why this, like every alien race in the universe, can play this game. Why do they all call it an Earth creature? That's what I was wondering. Because it resembles a piggy. I wonder. I'm wondering yeah. if they it's never like get just into that an error in translation, where it's like just a pig-like creature that they're all referring to, and maybe? then it just. But I was like, why an Earth creature? Oh yeah, maybe they call it the piggy in the game, so yeah. that because they're speaking English to. Oh yeah, Barney. and all the instructions like. Or in English, wave yeah. and then turn to English. All right, I'll accept that thing yeah. that we just decided on. <laughs> I think we fan corrected it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, what is our main character's name? Barney. Barney. Oh, Barney. He's such a hapless young man. Mm-hmm. And he knows. He's allergic knows to the sun. He's allergic to the sun. He's like, it's like that is extreme. He is, and he knows. Like every time he tries to hang out with them, he knows that they don't really want him around. But he's like, I mean, I can't help it. Like nobody ever wants me around. I'm so attracted. And to his these parents people. keep telling him that too. They're like, yes. you know, don't don't hang out with him too much. They don't want to. They don't want you around. I know well, I, because they. I I liked that everybody seems to view Zena, Manny, and Joe the way like their ideal people would be. So his father views them as like important people. Who are like concerned about like poverty mm-hmm. and and then the mom sees them as like uh, s- having social mm-hmm. cachet, like high society. Yeah, and then Barney just sees them as like super attractive post college. Yeah, kids. <laughs> he, he, he keeps saying like they're not that much older than me. College maybe. And then his parents are like, "You silly boy, that's not what they look like at all." <laughs> but his parents are like 
even though they are like under the thrall of the three aliens, they are like kind of shitty to their kid because they like, first of all, he's like literally allergic to the sun. They bring him to the beach. (laughs) He's like he is just holed up in this house. They do not care. They just keep going to the beach. They're like, whatever. And then when he does go to the beach, they're like, you know how you are in the sun. (laughs) And so it's like, what do you expect this kid to do on this vacation? (laughs) Like, you need to stay out of the sun <laughs> on this we don't beach want vacation. To ex- we don't want to talk to you on this vacation. <laughs> so we brought you to a place where you can't go outside. He's probably, like, bringing them down socially. But also, they say they're like, oh, you don't care about nature. You sh- We really encourage you to get out in nature for brief, like, five-minute bursts. Yeah. Like, what are you expecting? Yeah, I like that trap they set for him, you know, making, mm-hmm. him making him play the game outside. Yeah. And yeah. Like he just gets yeah. burned. He's, like, yeah. he's trying to get him out of the way. It is funny because now, like, now that we know that Barney sees them as like perfect people in his eyes, like we know what the perfect person looks like to him. And it's like these like uh, they're bougie like international traveler people that keep using like words from all different languages to describe things because they're just like so so a cosmopolitan yeah they're very cosmopolitan um they're just like constantly doing witty banter back and forth Mm -hmm. cooking lobsters and string (laughs) beans and had a certain je ne sais quoi (laughs) (laughs) they're always like peppering their speech with uh yeah little like foreign sayings my favorite part, though, I took at least a couple photos of the pages, is that they keep choosing the wrong English word, making it very clear that yeah. it's their second language. I thought that was funny. Oh, so here's here's an example of them just being like a very cosmopolitan. Of course you are, but please stay anyway, the woman said, smiling. You're the only people around, and we're wanting to find out about this quaint seacoast locale, aren't we? Yes, have some vino, said the blonde man, reaching for the bottle. It's your tinder. Stay and enjoy the fire, said the other man, kneeling at the hearth. This dump might actually be almost cozy when we get the fire going, the woman said, wrapping her dark arms around her shoulders. She stared at me. Sit down. (laughs) Here's another, uh, uh, when they're arguing, um, Mm -hmm. and I think, right, so this, this is when Barney is like, overhearing them on the uh like veranda or wherever they are but i also bought brought principles of intensive psychotherapy she pointed out unlike you i'm not totally self-involved they were both beginning to giggle self-involved manny exclaimed how can anybody vain enough to let her fingernails grow as grotesquely long as yours talk about self-involved observe her joe she can barely even grasp her coffee cup with those claws vain she exploded you don't think it's vain to do you don't think it's vain what you don't (laughs) (laughs) You don't think it's vain to obsess about how evenly your beard is trimmed, not to mention bleach it, and don't try to deny it. I glimpsed that bottle of peroxide in your drawer. You prying bitch, Manny cried. (laughs) It's It's weird. They're weird. They hate each other, but they're all working together to try to find the piggy on Earth. Um, And that actually had an example of the weird way they speak, where it's like, observe her when she's blah, 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 instead of like, look, look look at her. her. Here's another one is when they've uh, inspected the house and Barney's like, uh, you guys got to leave. My parents are coming home and they like are completely ignoring him <laughs> until he finally figures out like, oh, they really they do not want to be seen here. 
So he just implies to them, like, oh, I wouldn't want to get in trouble, like, mm-hmm. blah, 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 because then you guys might not be able to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zena says, thanks for the tour, Barney. And I think you're accurate about your parents. It might be well if they didn't know we'd been here. Instead of saying, you might be right about your parents, it might, it's probably for the best, or it might be good if they didn't know we'd been here. Like, it might be well. <laughs> I think you're accurate. Yeah, it's just a very, like, <laughs> way to talk. It's, it's like just a few words get replaced with yeah. words that mean the same thing, but that aren't, like, the most typical word that you would go to first yeah i think i think this is the part of the book i like the best like i i I think while i was reading this like them talking and and then searching through his house is what i wanted the entire thing to be (laughs) yeah it's too too funny especially when they're just being assholes to each other and and to the people around yeah and then they freeze there's a moment where they freeze oh in his room yeah yes where they're just the and then they just they just have turned into these insects or yeah it feels like yeah I thought that was spooky. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's the spookiest part. It's, it's much more intense than when they actually turn into these like funny big sludges or, or yeah, or whatever they are. Yeah, it's suspenseful. It was you much. Don't know what's yeah. gonna happen? And like just like having them act so <laughs> you know, creepy. The definition of suspense <laughs> when you don't know what's happening. Um, yeah, because they are like they're just completely silent. And he's talking to them, and he's like, "Hello," and they won't respond. And then they slowly all turn to face him, and he's like, "Ooh." <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wanted them to be these androids or or these like android type of aliens, mm-hmm. just these uh, these fake people go- going around for for longer, yeah, for more, yeah. And then there's that thing where they they're, they're talking about like they're 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 explaining the word ersatz oh, to him right. about the tomato. Yes, yeah, that was, was another like, example. It was first used in eighteen. Yeah, I, I think I have it. Oh, my God. Of them using, like, kind of the wrong. <laughs> then abruptly, in a much louder voice, Cena announced, these tomatoes taste ersatz. Joe remarked in equally artificial tones that the word ersatz came from the German noun meaning substitute, first used in 1875. I wondered if they had realized I was listening and were changing the subject for my benefit. So I wonder if, okay, <laughs> I wonder if we can, like, figure out why they speak like this. Like, I assume that they... Because they're super smart, right? So let's mm-hmm. just assume that they've absorbed, like, the history of the English language just, like, instantly. And so they, because they've absorbed it all at the same time, they just use everything interchangeably, which is why sometimes they speak in a way that sounds very dated. I think also, like, maybe something I was guessing at was maybe they know all the languages yeah. on Earth because they needed to. Mm-hmm. And so they just, like, n- no language is their first yeah. language as these creatures. Okay. So that's why they're peppering their speech with other phrases from other languages. And that's why they're sort of choosing like words just like just off mm-hmm. from what would normally be chosen for a sentence. Um, I found the description of the piggy, <laughs> the actual piggy. So Barney, like, chases them to this island. He finds the piggy on the island, waits to look at it when he gets home. Says there, it was a small round object that fit easily in my hand, lightweight. Its surface had not cracked or split with age, nor had the paint faded. It was a garish pink, as flawless and glossy and smooth as if it had been painted yesterday. My excitement drained away. This couldn't be the old trinket after all, despite its wrappings. It was obviously too new. Disappointed, I turned it over. Then I cried out. There was a face carved on this side, nothing but a rigid, slightly smiling mouth under a single wide-open eye. The lips and eye were sculpted in sharp relief. 
The vertical iris, inlaid in bright silver, gave the eye a piercing alertness. Crude as it was, the thing seemed alive. And it was the brutal wrongness of it, the mouth smiling with such placid idiocy, noseless under the solitary gaping eye, that made the face so repellent. The piggy. You know what it looks like on the cover? It looks like Mike Wazowski from uh, it looks Monsters exactly Inc. exactly like Mike Wazowski. That's probably where they got the idea from. Yeah. <laughs> they're reading this. Probably, yeah. They're big <laughs> interstellar John Lasseter's pig. favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> There's something compelling about that piggy. They also drew it wrong because it says vertical eye in here. It's horizontal. No, vertical iris. Or oh. pupil. Pupil. Oh. Like a... <laughs> Apparently, I was reading the passage, but not listening to what I was saying. <laughs> Tuning out. What was it? Did they say vertical iris or vertical I'm pupil? Looking. You're probably right. Either way. Yeah, vertical way, iris. Right. Yeah, I just stopped listening because I was trying to be careful about <laughs> not fucking up reading it or well, mispronouncing here's words. Here's actually a thing, though, uh, because this is a vertical pupil. The iris is the colored part of your eye. So on this cover... The thing that's vertical is the oh, yeah, people. The, yeah. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Glad we cleared we that up. tell them. Fascinating part. I'll, I'll uh, write a letter. a letter, yeah. <laughs> um, I also like, because uh, you mentioned briefly, Lindsay, so when um, Barney, like, so he discovers that the item, before he actually finds the piggy, he discovers where it is because he goes into his room and starts, like, figuring out that all of the scratch marks, if he connects them, like create converge in one singular point, which mm -hmm. is like this boulder on the island. Yeah, like he's trying, he's keeping the piggy safe because the piggy has told him what what the sitch is. Yeah. Um, but he wants to mark the spot where he left it. But I, so I took a photo of the page that indicates to Barney that that, that he should take a closer look at the notches. Mm -hmm. um, so Zena is asking about the notches. And Barney says, oh, sure, there's a lot of them. And some of them are deep, deeper than you'd think a person could make with his bare hands. He must have spent a lot of time making them. And did they seem to fall into a kind of pattern or or tell a tale or anything, Zena asked. <laughs> and so that's she what is really showing our cards. It's like, mm, did it? I don't know, like, tell you where a thing was. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a pig. I'm just uh, I'm spitballing here. Like a, like a little figurine, like a cute little figurine, like a precious moments type thing. <laughs> um, but I also loved that. Uh, so he's like, I've got to get to this island and I need to get this thing before these guys do. Yeah. And so he like goes over and they're like, very busy getting ready to go windsurf to the island. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'll come too. And they're like, ugh, no. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, well, and then all of the, because he's like, I need to make them think that it's worse for me to stay here than to go with them. Yeah. And then he comes off sounding like such a fucking psycho because he's, yeah. like, <laughs> he's like, I'll just watch you all day. Yeah, he's like, well, me and my entire family can go on the boat and watch you with super magnifying binoculars all day. Yeah. It's like, what? We'll follow you around. It'll be like being on the <laughs> island. <laughs> Which I'm like, man, Barney's life is sad. Also, this is post-poison burn. And so Barney's oh, yeah. fucked up. Yeah. He's like put on a sweatshirt to try to protect himself. He's got a visor on. He is not feeling well. No, he's wearing a hoodie at the beach in summer. Like, yeah. He is not well. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just jump on this windsurfing thing with you. And then he gets on the board <laughs> and the board is scratchy. And so he just spends the most miserable, like it's 
scratching at his poison burn the entire ride over and the entire ride back. And the whole time, Joe is like, can you stop like rocking <laughs> the windsurfing thing? And he's like, oh, this is miserable. Sorry. He's like, my legs have to be out of the water. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy is so like, oh, such a dud. And he knows it. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys get the impression that he, like, his voice was younger than 16? His voice sounded like a yeah, six-year-old like, kid detective to me, but he was 16. <laughs> to me, yeah. it sounded like a 13-year-old. Yeah, I was going to say 12, but maybe I'm being too nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really giving him the yeah. benefit of the doubt with his behavior. I kept forgetting he was 16. Yeah. Because he acted so young. Over and over again, I thought 12 or 13. Yeah. I wonder what is the what are the what is the target age for people reading this book? Because that's also confusing. Because he sounds so young, but yeah. the, the book seems to be more for teenagers. Maybe that's what it is. Is it he wrote it with like a junior high kid in mind? I mean, yeah. I definitely didn't read this in high school. Um, I read this probably in like seventh grade. Yeah. I think people always watch and read everything younger than yeah. than they're supposed to. I think that's that's the appeal of it because you don't want to when you're eight you don't want to be reading like books for eight year olds like yeah yeah you want to do something cool yeah because you're like, like, like Interstellar Pig yeah. yeah something super cool yeah, like that something yeah <laughs> something yeah. you can tell all your friends about yeah go to the beach like, so that you can uh, play like weird space Dungeons and Dragons not to brag but <laughs> I read Interstellar Pig do you and this was like this was I probably read this at the peak of my like weirdness at like being bullied all the time and like i probably would have been like this would have been one of those cases where i would like try and cover the title when i was carrying it around <laughs> so that people didn't see that i was reading a book called interstellar pig it is certainly one of the weirder titles we have read yeah <clears throat> yeah well and usually like at least the there's like a sexiness to a lot of the titles of like, yeah, like Silent the Night, card, the perfume, yeah. and this is like Secret Admirer. This is as dweeby as Barney. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is bad. Well, I mean, just read the author's statement at the end. He is Barney. He is Barney. He is Barney. I, I finished the book and I was like, I don't, I don't really like it. And then I read, <laughs> I read the statement. I was like, I hate this. <laughs> Oh, poor is, Will. Because yeah. the book is a lot better than the statement. So he could, yes, you know, yes, it he is. Just chop off the last page. It's a massive improvement. Yeah, I mean, the statement also is like kind of like self-congratulatory without like I didn't come away from this book being like, how did he do it? Yeah. And like need <laughs> answer no more. So it was like it, it was more like, oh, I guess there's a statement. Like when you said there's yeah. a statement, I was like, huh? And like read it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll read. I, I don't want to read the entire statement. It's like a page oh, long. Please do. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so he just says that when he first wrote it, setting and the characters were the same, but the aliens come disguised as people and are obviously looking for something. And here's the most confusing part. But Barney never finds out what they're looking for. And neither does the reader. And then they leave, never taking on their alien forms. That's not a book. <laughs> That's not a book. That's like a thought you have. Like, I know that he's sort of being funny here, but what is he saying? <laughs> what is he, he saying? He wanted it to be like Laventura or something that's just a mystery that never yeah. gets solved. And then he was forced <laughs> to write this pulpy book. He was trying to do like Twin Peaks yeah, season editor one. editor was like, what if you're at a game? 
you'd be good at writing a book about a game, which seems like such a backhanded compliment. Oh, it seems like pandering. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you're good at writing stuff about games, right? And he's like, sure. So Well, I'd always... Oh, sorry. No, that's... I'll... He says it's like a combo of Dungeons and Dragons and Clue, a role-playing strategy game, but with envelopes that held murder weapons and other useful and dangerous That's devices. That's where he got the envelopes idea that the from. the players could hide on different planets. And so what were you going to say? Oh, I, I figured when it featured the game so prominently to the point where like it doesn't make sense describing it, that they were this was written after the game already existed. And like we already are expected to know. Well, no, just to sell the game. It's like I got curious about that too. Like I was like, I wonder if uh, uh, an interstellar pig game exists, or maybe that was the hope to be like, oh, kids are going to be clamoring for. But the game really. So we're talking a bit about that at the beginning. The game doesn't make sense to me at all because the whole point is that you want to, so you're dealt these cards. One person has the pig, in which case it's sort of like that game Werewolf or Mafia. Have you played those? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little like Mafia, kind of. It's like you sit, so you sit around in a circle and everybody draws a role. And so when you're playing Werewolf, for example, you can draw Mayor or you can draw like, um, hunter or something like Mm -hmm. that and one of the people or townsperson is most of the people and one person will draw werewolf and they're the werewolf and they have to just like pretend they're not the entire time while everybody in the circle tries to figure out who is really the werewolf so it's kind of like that where you draw the piggy and then you have to hide the piggy and pretend you don't have the piggy you hide it on a planet that you would that is like a good habitat for your species. And and the other characters are trying to find the piggy, but then you have to get to the piggy before they do. So why do you hide the piggy to begin with? And then that was another thing too what? that I was confused about, which was how many cards you're supposed to keep in your hand versus how many cards you hide. And then like, do you hide all of your cards? Yeah. You hide all your cards and then you... No, just just one. And then it's really hard to figure out what's the piggy. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, also when you find the piggy, or when you either find the piggy or you get back to the piggy that you've hidden, why isn't the game over right there and then? There's just a timer. There's a timer. Like, oh, so you have to... It's like hot turns. potato. Yeah. Right. So you have to keep battling it out until yeah. the timer ends. And the smarter you are, the more things you can do in a turn. Yeah. So, so or, that's yeah. what I got. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a countdown, and whoever ends with the piggy is the only one that it's like hot potato. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's hot, like hot potato, potato, but you want to end up with it. You want until it. at the end when the piggy tells Barney that no, it's not that you want to end up with it. It's that everybody's. I've tricked everybody into thinking that unless you end up with me, your planet will be destroyed. But the real situation is that if you do end up with me and I hiccup. That was another thing where I was like, Then it's like a nuclear bomb going off that will destroy your planet. And really the issue is that the pig is meant to record information about different species and parts of the universe. 
but it thinks like, well, no one's going to want me. <laughs> so it made yeah. up this game. But how did it make up the game? How did it start? How That's did this information get transferred to other species? It had to have a creator. Yeah. It had to have a creator, right? Because it's it's just... And this was the other thing that was confusing. So it seemed to only be able to play back recordings, except... When it didn't do that. When it didn't do that. <laughs> when it was, like, excited about learning about lichens. And then I was like, wait, I thought it could only repeat back things that it had heard or seen because it reads the yearbook. Do you have a theory about this? I, Because there's a third, yeah, there's a third thing. Because first, it's the... Uh, like we were talking about it, you're not supposed. You're supposed to have it, and you're not supposed to have it. But then it turns out it's just it's just a recording thing. I, that, I think at that point I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, it made me really like. I, I was just like, okay, well then nothing matters right, except this. There was no. It went to no stakes. I was really. And then it's stuck with these and and lichen. That's like that's just the thing that grows on rocks, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like moss. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. carnivorous those are, like, moss. Crawling around. So it's just like a carnivorous moth. Yeah. Maybe my favorite part of the end of the book where Barney is trying to get the pig is when when he then... No, so at this point, he's trying to get rid of the pig. He's trying to tell the lichen, like, hey, um, maybe we should look for the pig in this yearbook on a shelf. Um, And at that point, he starts communicating with the other lichen and all the other lichens start to sound very human. It's yeah. like, oh, hey, um, that was I was just weird. wondering, hey, uh, lichen sat next to me. So uh, does anybody know what the deal with this game is? And the lichen next to him is like, uh, doy, the game is this. And he's like, yeah, but then why do you? And the lichen's like, look, why are you asking me about this game? We all know what the game is. What's you know what? Hey, Lycan next to me, would you switch places? This guy's dumb. Which is weird <laughs> because so like, human. it was so human. And and the thing was that like we were led to believe that these, I mean, maybe it's like a dig on humans because it's like we're led to believe that these lichens are so, or this lichen, I guess it's like one being, but many beings, mm-hmm. um, is so stupid that like, but we are like not that far away from them on the intelligent, the IRSC. No, I think, well... Yeah, he's it really, depends it's really a takedown on the on scale. Humanity. Yeah, this whole yeah. book. Oh, <laughs> it's a damn like dummies. Look yeah. in the mirror. That's what it is. <laughs> so the lichen's intelligence, the higher it is, the dumber you are. The lichen's intelligence is one fifty. Humanity's intelligence is ninety three point seven. The wave <laughs> radio station. Um, was it just me, or were you guys like three steps ahead of Barney all the time? Oh, you're. Yes. I mean, is and it because we're adults? Design. Is it because no. we're adults or is he just an idiot? This is I think a... he's meant to be a little clueless. And, okay. And so it makes us feel smart while we're reading it for oh. Stellar Pig. Yeah. Because it falls into a common problem. <laughs> if anybody can hear that, Thank there's God. a vacuum in the space. Um, it falls into the very common narrator problem of he needs to get across the information that we need to understand what's going on while at the same time not even catching on to the information he's giving us. Mm -hmm. So it's like the whole time he's like, oh, I was just compelled to get this object before they got it Mm -hmm. because then I could find out things when really the whole time you're like, they're aliens, they're aliens and they're trying to find a thing. That's the pig. That's trying to find a thing. You know that they're trying to get into your bedroom to find out what the notches are. Why are you so stupid as to not 
be figuring that out. You know, it was like halfway through the book when he was like, I think they're trying to get in the house. Like, I was like, they've been trying to get in the house. Like, the Durr. first time you saw them, they wanted to get in the house. You dummy. You, you knew they wanted to get in the house when fucking Ted was fixing your outdoor yes. shower. Okay? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think it's a, a thing with everything that's supernatural because you know what you're watching or reading, like a horror mm-hmm. movie. You know, like, they're not supposed to go into that. Yeah, creepy house. But in real life, I would like think nothing of going into the creepy house. I'd be like, you know, if you need to get something or you have a reason, there's like, yeah. a cat lost under there or something. Yeah. So 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 I think <laughs> you know when you're reading Interstellar Pig, they're going to be aliens because they're like funny from the start. Yeah, but he, yeah. But he just thinks they're from Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, it's like I think a whole new challenge. Like, it's a whole other challenge to like write a character that is smart but not too smart. That like doesn't figure everything out exactly, and also like so it. I'm not even. He would have to just be catching on the whole time, but also it would make the book. And a lot I understand. Shorter. <laughs> well, not really, because it could be this whole cat and mouse game. Yeah, of him like you can tell the story with him still catching on at the same time that we are, but to have it be like like two chapters away from the end. He's like, wait, wait, wait. So tell me if I'm right. Is Interstellar Pig a real game? Oh, my God. <laughs> you dummy. No. Oh, my God. When he was like, with like three pages left in the book, he's like, is this voice in my head the, the Interstellar Pig? And I was like, yes. <laughs> it's you, and, and not only that, but you figured that out seven pages yeah. ago. Yeah. And then you're asking it again. He's like, wait, is this the piggy? Hey. Voice, are you the piggy? Tell me if you're the no piggy. No response. And then later, are you the piggy? And then the piggy's response is, please describe the physiological feeling of realizing, like, a truth. Yeah. It's like, I realized that three pages ago, and you didn't say shit. <laughs> also, like, that's the thing, too, that, like, the thing that kind of bummed me out was that, like, which I think, Anar, you were kind of touching on, which is that, like, they, the hope is that they're going to take him on some like adventure, but then it ends up being like the climactic moment is like in a beach house where he's like, like in a, in a beach house of like indeterminate structure and architecture. Cause I was not really sure where anyone was except for like, there was like a kitchen and a living room and that people were sometimes in one of them and sometimes in another. Weirdly, I had a very clear idea of what the, I thought this living room and kitchen looked like. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I have, like, vibes. It was very 80s. That's, okay, sure. It was, like... I have that. Yeah. But, like... A lot of wood fu- paneling. Yes, wood, wood paneling. Cabinets, muted it's musty. browns and oranges. But I was, like, when, the, when he was, like, okay, like, this person was in the living room, and then they'd come in from another door, and I'd be, like, oh, I guess there's another <laughs> door over there. Um... But for for the like big space battle to happen where we've been this whole time was kind of a letdown. Like I was like, oh, yeah, it, especially since like when they're playing the game, the most <laughs> epic thing. So contained in a very small space. Yes. And the most epic battles were like when they were just playing the board game and he was like imagining like when he's like, I could almost see the like. Uh, Zolnar's like arachnid form descending upon the like frozen planet. Yes. <laughs> then what there needed to be, tell me if you guys agree with me, <laughs> there needed to be some kind of description of him sort of 
his consciousness being sucked into the game. Yeah. And then yeah. coming out of it and being like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. Instead, it was like, I could almost picture what was taking place. Like, in my imagination, this was happening. But he's describing it in such detail that that is yeah, verging on ridiculous. There's well, not much difference between the time he first plays the game and to how it's described when they're actually fighting. There's yeah. No, there's no, it's not upped in any way. Yeah. It's and not it's, upped and it's not... He, it's like he never even questions why he could see all these things happening so clearly and mm. never even questions why as the the uh, character who, Laup, that's his name. Laup. Laup. L-A-U-P. As Laup, the one who crash landed on Earth for real and Ethan killed. Laup is a dum-dum. He's, but not as dumb as humans. He's got an intelligence of 25, mm-hmm. but he has this um, symbiotic, symbiotic relationship with a slug in his brain. In his tongue. Tongue. Um, I guess I was thinking of uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> um, this is what, like, why does Barney never question this? Which is like, his intelligence is 25, so he's making some real dumb, dumb moves. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, oh, right, there's a slug in my mouth. If I feed the slug, my intelligence will go to 3.9. And so he starts feeding the slug. And he actually starts hearing the slug in his mind. Yeah. Giving him answers. And he's like, oh, right. Oh, it's too bad that I didn't have a 3.9 when I started the game. Because otherwise I would have realized I could just take the piggy and then jump to another planet. And And why does Barney never question that he truly got smarter as soon as he fed this fake thing in a game. And that was the weird part too, because like if he had just structured it as like, well, now I could do like five moves in a row instead of like three. But instead he was like, oh, and then I realized that I exactly. could do this. And it's like, oh, and it's because I it's because the slug got made me smarter. Yeah. But it's not real. <laughs> so what do you mean the slug made you smarter? You're still Barney. But since since you brought up um, Deep Space Nine, that's actually what I was thinking while I was reading this. Oh, really? There's an episode of that where they get sucked into some game. I think it's in the first season. And it's the worst episode of anything I've ever seen. <laughs> they get sucked to this game, and they have to jump across tiles. Well, there's like a really repetitive, annoying song that they have to sing. Oh, oh I don't even remember I that remember episode. That. That's funny. Yeah, we'll, have to, <clears throat> we'll have to find it. <laughs> but it's 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 this episode you would want to skip if you want to convince somebody to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that episode of Battlestar Galactica where it's the casino planet. I've not seen that. Oh, it's like the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where. Uh, Willow gets catfished by an evil demon yeah. robot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a demon uh, possessing a computer or yep. the internet. <laughs> the internet. The internet. Yeah. Um, yep. Every show has uh, one or two of those episodes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Skippable. Or Skippable apps. Um, I did. For all that I'm criticizing, I actually did enjoy reading the book, even though I'm like, What? <laughs> Yeah, overall, which I was is like, very often our response. Yeah, yeah I was caught to up the book. In it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I for sure was like, oh, I'm interested to see how he gets out of this. I was a little, I liked that the lichen ended up with it and that everyone was frustrated. I did like that. My favorite part was when he was a lichen. When he I was liked Barney when he was lichen. a lichen. Yeah, because yeah. all of a sudden everything, there was like an added layer to his character. Mm-hmm. That he could have used the entire book. Because mm-hmm. as it was, he was just like dopey 13-year-old, 16-year-old mm-hmm. tr- going like, me, 
I want these older kids to like me. I know. He's like, this summer is turning out to be pretty good. Or I liked how watching his parents respond to the three aliens as humans, he started to like pity them. He's like, oh, so embarrassing oh, how parents. obsessed they are with these neighbors. And I like how the mom thought that the thought that Zeno was not attractive. Yeah. And how the dad thought that the guys were really average looking. Yeah. Because they're seeing what they want to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was funny, too, because he like there even is a moment, too, where he's like, uh, so he goes to a wonderful dinner party at the neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is when they're all trying to like ply him with information about where the piggy is because they want that piggy. And this is like right after they've discovered that he's got it. So they invite him over. They're cooking lobsters and green beans. And um, each of them is like, oh, I can give you this. I can oh, give I you this. I can give you this. Too. And I liked that. And then I also liked when like Zena's like, he's like, come on, I like you've got my parents fooled, but maybe not teenagers, like maybe not someone like me. And she's like, are you sure that like you're not seeing what you, you wish see? you could see? And he's like, like I'm yeah. getting a boner. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. So it was like very like, I don't know. I, I like it's that. Like, yeah. Why didn't he consider that? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> he's a he's a bit dim. He's just like, well, at the same time making all the right moves. That was the real problem. Here's the issue I had with this book. The main one is that like if all of these aliens are so smart, like they're all so super intelligent. How come none of them have figured out, right? Like, how come they haven't figured out that this is just a ruse? And why does it take a human to figure this out when, like, there was nothing highlighted in, like, like, something unique to humanity that would make us, like, ask that question? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, it's because you're so blah. It was kind of implied that it was because we were underestimated. Yeah. Oh, I liked I liked the part where they all started trying to offer him trades for the piggy because they all were trying to like throw it out in such a casual manner. <laughs> like like, oh, do you want to go help Manny in the kitchen? And Manny's like, Oh, I can't wait for you to see, like, mm, maybe I drowned it in butter. I've heard that that's low around, but I like it. And the secret is to boil it with a lot of water, because then the green beans are very stay crisp. And um, <laughs> you'd probably be good at this, and you'd be really good at it if you could live forever. I know. He's like, he's like. by the way, I'm 146. Anyway, these green beans. He's like, oh, do you want to live that way and just give me the piggy? And um, I'm making some uh, some cheesy potatoes. And uh, Barney and does like, like a like, classic what? like spit take. He's like, what? You're yeah. 146? He like drops his glass or something. Oh, yeah. And then Classic. Zena does the same thing. She's like, oh, he, he's so weird. Like, well, he's so obsessed with his crisp green beans. Like, what if you were super attractive or smart? <laughs> and then what does uh, Joe offer him? Um, oh, being able to travel. Being able to travel to different planets. Yeah. And yeah. Zena's was intelligence, not looks. Mm-hmm. Oh, part of being young forever was looks. Mm-hmm. You'd also be super attractive forever. Mm-hmm. Which is assuming a lot about Barty, who, like, is poisoned by the sun. Yeah. Also, like, the perfect age. He's like, he's like, mm, maybe grow out of whatever you got going on right yeah. now. <laughs> he's like, wait until you're, like, 20. Wait until you're, like, 25. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Overall, though, I did 
I was invested. Yeah, I was invested. Mm-hmm. And I did, and that was the thing too. I I loved like, I actually really liked the chase in between like the aliens trying to chase after this thing. Whereas he was like, I loved the part where they were on the island and mm-hmm. they're like running around after him. I really liked that. I like the part where the spider is only three feet tall. And oh yeah, it's too wide to go through the door. <laughs> yeah, so she has to go up sideways. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, and also like the lichen. So basically, the thing with the lichen is that just through touching it like it will consume any organic matter that it encounters and its last like move to barney is that it eats his two big toenails yeah (laughs) i was like ew it's like this last it's this last gasp like fuck you man yeah (laughs) i knew you weren't one of us he's like ow he's like limping around (laughs) it's like classic barney um (laughs) so barney barney Mm -hmm. my favorite part was when he was a lichen yeah, I liked when he was a lichen. Yeah. Um, so that's Interstellar Pig, everybody. Yeah, I think we pigged it out. <laughs> we, we pigged out on Interstellar yeah. Pig. Um, but before we end the podcast, we wanted to talk to Anar about uh, the book that he's working on with Starburns. Um, so if you want to just explain everything right away without any help, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go for it. Uh, so what is the book called? It's called The, the Crawling King. And it's a it's a dark fantasy book. I've been working with uh, with Starburns on Starburns Industries does uh, Rick and Morty, and they did Anomalisa too. And they they started uh, their a publishing division, so this is part of their first wave of books. So it's it's a collection of stories that I wrote. They're all set in this ruined city, or they're they're set before and after. So it's a collection of stories that are all tied together, and it's it's presented in a way where I I hand wrote the entire book and every page has illustrations that I've that aged. So it's, so when, when people get the book, it's, uh, it's like you would be getting an old spell book or, you know, lost manuscripts, journals, and, and together you can piece all these together and, and, and try to find out, find what happened in the city before, before it was, and what happened in the city that led to its destruction. It's really cool. cool. Um, you sent us the first chapter uh, of the book um, and it is like visually it's so stunning and um, it is super spooky, like very, very uh, scary. And the handwriting in it totally like adds to that very scary element to it. Um, so it's like um, if Interstellar Pig were cool and explained itself. <laughs> 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 and maybe had some better art. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and then you, so you and Starbirds are working on a Kickstarter to yes, get this we, going. We, we we're pre-selling the book through Kickstarter, so so that that will end on on the fourteenth, on midnight. So right when it turns to the fifteenth, it ends appropriately on midnight. Mm. And we, so people who pledge, they will they will be able to get their book in November. And it's the uh, it's before it would actually it, w- it will be sold uh, next year in stores, but this this is the best and and cheapest way to get it. Yeah, before it's That's out, cool. and and also it's it's just a way of helping us uh, reach reach a bigger audience because uh, Kickstarter does that. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to say like, um, so you have blown past your goal of thirty seven thousand dollars. You have seventy eight thousand three hundred eighty nine. 
So get um, on that train, which, people. Yeah, Good no, job. Uh, no, we're we're very, <laughs> that's very impressive. We're very excited because we, you know, we have no idea when you're putting it out if you're, only your mom is going to buy it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a thing. And what's what's funny is, is I wrote the entire campaign in the voice of the book. So, oh, so cool. It's, so it's in this. The whole all the descriptions are in this uh, macabre voice. But what's happened is because I send everybody who who pledges a message. And people have started role playing a lot in the comments and in the messages in as a character or because I, I address them as like sir or something. And, you know, if they have an avatar that has a picture of a dog, they'll be sir or something of the wolf. Oh, wow. And then I've, I've just had these long chains for even from somebody from Germany. Like oh, my God. Messages back and forth. And that's then, so cool. And then in the comments of, of the page, there's like hundred and something comments with just people like acting like they're getting this cursed book. That's, That's so, so cool. cool. So you already so have this fun. pretty yeah, dedicated it's, it's, fan base. Yeah, it's a really fun, fun interaction. And there is like definitely something like, and even this is just through like me looking at like a PDF on my phone where there is this like feeling of like something like ancient and secret and scary. And like there's like a like a mythology feel to it, which um, is very like foreboding and spooky and but you want like more of it. It's like you you shouldn't be reading it, kind of thing, which is really yeah. cool. No, I, I think I think that's accurate, and I, I I like you know when I do because I I made animated films before this, and they're they're always handmade, like everything mm-hmm. drawn on paper, which is a maddening way to do it. But <laughs> it looks like it's a hundred years old, and with this I went even further, you know, like aging all the pages and setting some of them on fire, and I always liked, and I think because. I, I was a kid in Iceland, so I would learn English like reading. Like I was introduced to like H.P. Lovecraft when I was eight, so I was learning oh my a lot God, of that's English. Intense. <laughs> so I was reading a lot of learning a lot of English by reading his 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 very um, already archaic English in the twenties. Yeah. And so, were you talking like the aliens in yeah, this book? Actually, in the book, that's what I was going to say is that when you learn English as a secondary language, is kind of what you do. When I first came to America, mm. I, I was like looking at my messages or like email threads. It always says like "Dear Sir Blah Blah." It's like it's these very very formal <laughs> letters that just don't quite work on Americans. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're very casual. <laughs> and then you slowly pick up on it. So like when I'm reading this, I don't really find the aliens that weird. Oh, really? In, in the way they speak. Do they just seem like a little posh? Well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't find them weird. It was just like, it was like, oh, yeah, English is definitely their second language. They have like yeah. a great grasp on it. But the like little things where we're used to hearing right instead of correct. Or like even like, I think you hit the nail on the head, which where it's, which is like formality where there wouldn't yeah. be, which is like interesting. Um that's funny that you I learned English from really like all of I really liked the descriptions in all of the pledge levels on Kickstarter. And I would like to read them all, but there are a good amount because you were very thorough. Um, so I just want <laughs> to read the first really couple because I really enjoyed them. So if you pledge five dollars or more, it says you get a letter from the ruins. And it says, do not expect an overly courteous letter from the Treasury, but rather one of adequate warmth. You are but a commoner after all. <laughs> or if you pledge 10, uh, it's uh, an apparition, an illusion lighter than air, but depicting something horrid brought to life in front of your eyes. Which is just like really gives you a taste of what the book is like. And then I'll just scroll down to the the final pledge level, which is 250 or more. And it says, a malodorous remnant. Is that yeah. malodorous? Mal- malodorous. Yeah. Yeah. Malodorous. An original piece of the manuscript snatched from the ruins of Gildenbrae. It reeks of something, but of what? 
I really oh my god! That one. This but is so. It's so. Oh my god! There, it's definitely a, like you have a voice that is like very much my taste. Yeah, sin- yeah. Sin- sinister marketing. Yeah, very. <laughs> it does feel kind of like the like uh, text textual version of like being in like an old museum after hours with like fog, and you're like, I don't think it's supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's another thing I, I always liked, which is these. Um, and and I think a part of it comes from reading something that's too complicated in English when I was a kid. <laughs> is that you? But it's also just the fascination I have with that type of things. It's stories that are not spelled out. Yeah. So there's a lot that you you have to be active, mm-hmm. which is something like that I that I felt the most recently when I was watching the new Twin Peaks. Like my brain was mm-hmm. just oh, on, yeah. on like overload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Piecing together things and clues. Just very that's, Lovecraft. That's the thing I wanted. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And and the idea of of something somebody being unreliable, like an unreliable narrator, that you yes. can't really trust what they're saying because you later you'll get conflicting information and and things that are missing. So there's letters in the book that are actually like half burnt, where mm. I wrote the entire letter, but then I set half of it on fire. <laughs> so so you'll <laughs> know cool. it's there, like yeah. the idea of it, but you'll never you'll never see what's missing. But you can piece it together by reading other parts of the book. That's awesome. And so so I think. Just seeing how people are interacting on the Kickstarter, I think it'll be a lot of fun to hear from people when, when the book is out, like what they think the story is. Oh my and god! Who is responsible? And and uh, so yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that to find like how people because there's a lot of also just things that are just images that have clues. Oh, cool! That or maybe an image that is just like a boiled down version of like the whole like a metaphor for the story that's mm. just in this one image of. of you know, like a man holding his head and like an insect going out of it or something mm-hmm. like that. Ooh. Cool. Ooh. Yeah, this seems like something we've talked before about how like when you're a kid, at least with the two of us, like you have this fantasy of like wandering through the woods and finding like yeah. a skeleton key that fits in a door mm-hmm. in a tree and inside you find something like this where it's like a creepy manuscript or a creepy haunted doll or <laughs> yeah. something like that. So it's cool. We have a lot of stories in Iceland that are our, our folk tales are all very, very dark, and a lot of them are about somebody's wandering around and they they find something from a skeleton, like a hat, and they like the hat and they put it on, and of course something terrible. Oh, happens of course to, something to terrible them. is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> don't put on a skeleton's hat. No, don't, yeah, don't do it. It's foolish. One one is about a, a woman who like smokes the tobacco she finds from a skeleton. No, <laughs> why would she do that? What? Yeah, so, oh my god, she. And then she just starts hearing this voice. Of course know, she like, does. Yeah. girl, you crazy girl. <laughs> Dial it back. <laughs> yeah, it teaches you to stay away, away from these things. Oh, you know what? <laughs> oh, don't it's smoke. I need to say smoking. Uh, dare. PSA. <laughs> dare to say no. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you have it a little bit in the story I sent you. Cool. Like, yeah. Don't don't trust men with faces that don't move. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> yep. I think, like, just follow your gut, really, right? Yeah. Like, if you feel don't like... Don't ignore oh, that. Don't I, ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel if people read The the Crawling King, they'll have a good idea how to navigate through life. Absolutely. And avoiding, avoiding disastrous things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing you can hope for yeah. is that yeah. your, your book becomes the cornerstone for like how to live life. Yeah, like you could give yeah. this to a nine year old and like it's put yeah. set them in the like, woods yeah. and ten years <laughs> later they'll be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, would you say the best way to find the Kickstarter is just going to Kickstarter and searching the Crawling King? Yeah, it's actually right now it's on the top banner of Kickstarter when you scroll through. Awesome, yeah. sick. So, so that's crazy. The, Prestigious. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, it also if you just Google the Crawling King, 
and either Starburns or my name, which is E-I-N-A-R, uh, then you'll find it. If you just Google the Crawling King, I think you get Crawling King Snake, which is like a, bl- a blues song. Oh. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's a clue too. Mm, maybe it is a clue. Yeah, oh. It You're multimedia. It's, serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when I try to Google Teen Creeps sometimes and I find some really gross stuff. Yeah, <laughs> don't like, Google Teen Creeps, you guys. Um, but this like looks so, so cool. Um, if you guys like us, you'll like the book. That's going to be yeah, Teen Creeps sure. promise. <laughs> um, this is really, really awesome. And I suggest you guys get on board now. Otherwise, you're going to be late in getting the book and you will be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only only one more day because we're airing this on. Mm-hmm. So get right now. Yeah, right now. Pause. Yeah. Go just, do it. And we'll tell you a secret when you come back. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to think no, of a secret. secret. All right. Uh, what what's am I done? Secret? What's the secret? Um, um, if you go to an audition, mm. don't drink any drink they give you. Oh. I've heard this piece of it. That's a piece of advice. That's not a secret. That's like a... Like it's what industry? Paper. That's what the I secret? do. That's only my rule for Ubers. Don't, <laughs> oh, don't drink those. Don't trust it. Me, yeah. It's kind of the same, I guess. Like if you go into a le- legit audition, you're cool. But if it's like oh right, 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 in a tiny rented studio if in it's Sun in City, like the director's Sun, City. Like, Sun Valley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's in Sun City, you're <laughs> seven states away yeah, from where you need to be. Don't do it. <laughs> you think this is like a grand conspiracy to like yeah get young like. Young, attractive people like the aliens in the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poison them. Yeah, God, these aliens—they could have made it in Hollywood, though. They could have made. Yeah, it. why so, didn't they? Just why didn't they just that? go to Hollywood? Why are they so concerned with this? Um, thing? but thank you so much for doing the oh. show, Anar. Uh, thank you so much for uh, reading a book, and uh, also for showing us uh, the Crawling King. It looks really, really awesome. Um, the first story is not enough for me, and I must get more. And I suggest yeah. you guys do it too. And do you have any kind of social media presence, Zainar? I do. Uh, I. But you don't want people to find you. No, I, w- I want everybody <laughs> to find me. I, uh, I do, but it's private. I'm Anar Baldwin on on Twitter. My my Facebook is pretty open. Mm. So so you can find me there. It's mostly crawling king stuff right now. Cool. Uh, and then anarbaldwin.com, you can see my films and and drawings. Awesome. And then. I'm something on Instagram. I'm trying to remember. I think I think I'm just the crawling king on Instagram right now. <laughs> well, uh, you can find the spelling of Anar's name in the title of the episode, obviously, mm-hmm. and we'll include um, a link to your your Twitter or Instagram in the summary of the episode. Okay, perfect. Thank cool. you for having me. Thanks for of coming. Of course, thanks for coming. And next week on the podcast, we will be reading a book, Sweet Audrina. Holy fuck! Right? You're reading my sweet Adrena. Yeah. That, okay. Right? If you like a book with an unreliable with narrator, yeah. Ooh, girl, people hiding in attics. Yeah. People being trapped. Uh, surprise incest. Oh, yes. it's got it all. It's, I like it's surprise, incest. Surprise, yeah. surprise incest. Surprise yeah. incest. Um, not so much of a surprise when it's VC Andrews, though. You can pretty much expect That's incest with VC. We're Andrews. not doing my sweet Adrena. <laughs> oh, we're not. We're doing the per- my sweet Adrena is three books away. We're doing- I guess I'm just super excited about it. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Is I was like, 
I better start reading my sweet Audrina early because it's a full it's, novel. It's a full like five hundred. And so it's book. by my it's by it's on my bedside table. So I was like, that's what we're doing next, right? Also, it doesn't help that I just posted a thing about reading VC Andrews because yeah. I was reading Ruby. <laughs> A little so, okay. I mean, it's not a Teen Creeps episode unless I really fuck something up. Great. And we've done Important. it. Important. Yeah. We've and now it. we've done it. Uh, next week is The Perfume, <laughs> which is going to be pretty fucking crazy, too, y'all. Haunted Perfume. Is that Diane Ho? Uh, it is Caroline B. Cooney. Okay. Well, I'm just going to stop talking because I'm not helpful today. <laughs> Do at least four more guesses. <laughs> RL. See you, Cool. Caroline B. Cooney's The Perfume. perfume. Great. Uh, Thanks for listening, you guys. And keep it creepy. Thanks for listening to Teen Creeps. Our artwork is by James Mulholland. Our theme music is by Mike Carlson. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Teen Creeps Pod. You can direct all inquiries to teencreepspod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're reading along with the podcast, you can now find our book schedule at teencreepspod.com. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy.